It is the Austin 316 show because it's season three, episode 16 of the Hall of Fame show with myself, Kirk Buckner, and Evan Nolan. Evan, how you doing? Good. I don't have a can, but I do have a beer. So do I have to chug this like right now or how's that uh, work? It's a, it's or a something like that. I'm not yeah, sure I, I can actually I got a chug bud. a bock. Yeah, I got a bud. So like weak ones are like clash. Uh, and a, da, da, I got a line in Google toasted box. So I'm not sure. I'll, I'll stay at least a sip in his honor. Right, nice. Nice. Okay. And that's the episode of the Hall of Fame show where we look at Hall of Fame related news. And we've got something to open up with. Automatically, it's the New England Patriots. Evan is a giant New England Patriots fan, not New York, New York Giants. But oh, it, don't see, don't say giant and Patriots in the same sense. It goes my apologies. <laughs> my apologies. But okay, you're a Pats fan. Yeah. I'm neutral, but I can honestly say, knowing you as well as I know you, that even if you were not a Patriots fan, you can respect the amazing work that this team and this organization has done towards creating a franchise Hall of Fame because that's what we love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the Patriots and the Cardinals have the two best Hall of Fame sets, the St. Louis Cardinals. Right, right. Who I honestly am not a fan of at all. That's the one thing Cubs fans and Red Sox fans agree is that the Cardinals fans are obnoxious. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's more smug. They're just smug. It's like the Cardinals think they invented baseball. Um, but the two, those two franchises, I think, do the best job overall. And the Patriots didn't have a class last year because of covid they wanted to give Seymour the best chance of getting into the normal Hall of Fame because mm-hmm. he was elected in 2020. And so they wanted right. him to have his day alone as opposed to splitting it with somebody. And it seemed to work. Yeah. Uh, so now after not having a class in 2021, we are back to having uh, nominees this year. All right. So let's look at the three people that they've come up with, which are three phenomenal players who, whether you're a Patriots fan or not, you have to say that they're great. They're, they're just great football players. We've got Vince Wolfork, Mike Brabel, and Logan Mankins. Yeah. And um, uh, I've messaged you, so I already know who you picked and who you voted for, because this is open for everyone to vote for. And uh, I that, actually... That, voted, that reminds me of another sort of Hall of Fame. I don't know if you... Is there another Hall of Fame that does that? Oh, we're going to get there. But yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that's a lot bigger, but yes. Right. But yeah, because uh, I actually voted for somebody different just because. Fair enough. I, I mean, I, I think I, this is, I think it's going to be a landslide on this one. I agree. Um, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, so, so, yeah. so this is the first nomination for Mankins, who was eligible for the first time last year, and they didn't have a class, so he didn't come. Will Fork was eligible for the first time this year. Uh, this is a sixth nomination for Vrabel. Um, Vrabel's going to have trouble just because he's currently the coach of another team. So I think the Titans, yes. Yeah, and also it's the coach of the team that beat the Patriots in Brady's last game. So there, yeah, there, there's yeah. there's a little bit of an issue there, I think, for him. He will eventually get in. Uh, I'd actually rather see Vrabel take a seat for like a year and then come up with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is going to be a landslide for for Vince Wolfork. Like absolute utter landslide. It's going to be like, I mean, they don't make any of the votes public. Uh, as to who wins, um, I mean that's the, like the the percentages, mm-hmm. um, but my guess is it's going to be end up being like uh, sixty five to seventy five percent for Will Fork, uh, probably twenty five percent for Mankins and whatever's left over for for Vrabel. Right, and, and I I totally agree with you. I voted for Mankins just because I I just love those 
in the in the trench guys mm-hmm. uh not because i don't love uh how do you not love i don't care who you are uh if you were just sort of like an independent football fan how do you not love vince yeah i mean this yeah. just the whole video when he showed up when he went to the texans and right. he showed up wearing just overalls mm-hmm. and uh sitting there with a hat that said uh ribs on it <laughs> okay didn't he didn't he do something with uh crap kingsford okay okay what, what's was- that damn reality show uh, I don't know. Uh, shit, I, I might be he, wrong. He did do something with Kings for charcoal. That much I could tell you. Okay, okay, I could be wrong, but we, like the, that reality Shark Club or Shark Shark Tank. Thank you. Yeah, mm. I never watched that show in my life, so I don't know. All right, all right. Did he do something of that, or am I thinking of something else? He may have. I have to ask. All right, all right. Him. Or it just so, so seems like somebody. Okay, if he does that, like, okay, Vince, here's here's my money. I could yeah, be way right. off. I could be and so, and, and he and his wife Bianca are still two of the most beloved, like probably the most beloved couple, Patriots couple of all time. Like just husband and wife together for what they've done and everything. Yeah. Um, so Vince, Vince is going to win this in a landslide. A lot of people, by the way, were talking about how it's unfair that Parcells got snubbed. Um, yeah. I just want, I just want to address, but yeah, go I want address that quickly. Yeah. Um, so the argument for Parcells is that he led him to a Super Bowl. And that he turned saved the franchise from moving to St. Louis. That's the idea. To which I will say, Bob Kraft saved this franchise from moving to St. Louis, mm-hmm. not Parcells. Mm-hmm. And they give remember everyone's like, well, he was the person who brought in Teddy Bruschi and Lawyer Malloy and all these other folks, Ty Law. I'm like, okay, well, why did he leave? Because they weren't giving him enough to stay in personnel decisions. So what? I mean, he, he left over the, the, the drafting of Terry Glenn, God rest his soul, right? He called, he called Terry Glenn she in the press conference. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So okay. he, he was salty. He went 32 and 32 with the Patriots. He quit on the team right before that Super Bowl and moved to the Jets and took our best running back in franchise history with him. Immediately That's fine. Yeah. It started the Patriots – Jets rivalry that went on for about a decade before the Jets became the Jets and have now have one of the largest. There was now 12 years since they've made the playoffs, which in the NFL is very, very hard to do. I, I just voted for Logan because I figured I just wanted to get that number two spot up. It's mm-hmm. strategic voting on my part. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. I think Vince is getting in, but just so you know, the, the semifinal- uh, as he should. Yeah, the semifinalists who didn't make it, so they had nine names. Yeah, please. So they had uh, Parcells. They had the, the better coach candidate, Chuck Fairbanks, mm-hmm. who was a coach of the 70s Patriots that uh, honestly were within the worst pe- one of the worst penalty calls of all time of uh, beating the Raiders and maybe winning the Super Bowl in 75. The roughing the passer call on Sugar, on Sugar Bear Hamilton, on Ray Hamilton, is still insane to this day. Uh, so anyone who complains about the tuck rule, the, that, that <laughs> was actually properly called. The roughing the passer was not. Um, okay. Before you go any further, like if anyone wants to sort of like look at that tuck rule game, you know, like the, there's this great show without, uh, <laughs> we can look at it. It's uh, called the Classic Sports Review. Uh, I think, um, who was the special guest? I think the you were. Guest? 
Yeah, I think that was probably me. Yeah, and uh, me and um, and uh, Wayne. Yeah, Wayne Mabry, the Violator. So we got yeah. the Violator and Evan. That's I'm pretty sure. The, that's pretty sure. That's like the worst Rush album. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was that Violator was Evan. I will say this, if I've said it once, I say it a thousand times. Yeah. Wayne Mabry may be the nicest person on the planet, which is completely unexpected, seeing as he is the Violator. But it's legitimately possible he's the nicest person on the planet. And if you don't know what we're talking about, just look up Violator Raiders, and you're gonna say like, "This guy's the nicest guy." Oh yeah. yes, he is. Yes, he is. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so Fairbanks and Parcells. The other ones were a uh, Wes Welker, who's got to mm-hmm. be a candidate here pretty soon. Yep. Uh, Julius Adams uh, is another great guy left over from the '70s into the '80s. Lawyer Malloy, uh, who was got a couple Super Bowls with the Patriots and then famously got cut before the uh, 2004 season. And here's a question for you. Who is the last one? John Smith. Uh, was he with Pocahontas? Yeah, that was, I think that was a different one. Oh. Um, this John Smith has two of the most famous field goals in the history of the NFL. One, oh. he got was it. the kicker during the snowplow game where the guy went on and cleared the field against Miami so he could kick the field goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one was he was about to kick a field goal on Monday Night Football in 1980 when Howard Cosell announced That's to the world. This, no? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Lennon had died. Yeah. So John yeah. Smith is on the screen lining up a kick when Howard Cosell announced that to the nation. So anyway, so out of those guys, I think if Wilford gets in and there's nobody else, my guess is Welker is next man up after this so and eventually eventually we'll get to malloy mm-hmm. but they still have brady and vinatieri and a whole bunch of other guys to get to well, i mean that's why i did strategic voting this year i mean i i really did yeah. uh so like we've got a few things to look at you know one of the great things i i like about our show is we talk about a bunch of stuff and then there are things that happened previously mm-hmm. that i i, I oh, think yeah. you also or sort of relevant uh you sent me a couple things that we'll talk about uh one i i didn't send you uh tammy sitch is being sued uh that is the person from who is the wwe hall of famer mm. who decided that to get drunk well maybe she wasn't drunk i don't know but she probably was and uh she killed somebody mm. and uh the family of, of that fa- will be suing her for $30,000, which doesn't seem like a whole lot because I don't think he has it, but also the person who actually owned the car. Hmm. So I don't generally cheer for somebody in a, in a lawsuit, but I am right here. I hope you get it. Fair enough. So I just wanted to bring that up. And you had a couple things that uh, we wanted to talk. Oh, Jerry West. Yeah. I called this in the, in the good, the bad, yes, you did. about a month ago mm-hmm. that Jerry West should sue uh, the makers of, uh, oh, I, I forgot the name of the show. Winning right? Time. Uh, yeah, Winning Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry West, by all accounts, is one of the most mild-mannered people on the planet. Well-respected, and they made him into a rage, like a rage monster mm-hmm. in the show. Like, throwing his MVP trophy, like, 
just being furious that they drafted Magic Johnson, all these other things that made no sense. Finally, they got he, he was like enough of this and sued mm-hmm. for retraction and damages, which I, I hope he gets absolutely it. Absolutely no issue with. Yeah, I hope he gets it because uh, like who who came out and said a bunch of stuff that uh, Kareem. So Kareem yeah, comes out. Kareem returned seventy five this week, by the way. And happy birthday to you, my friend. Uh, who you can vote for on the United States Athletic Hall of Fame? www.nonhalloffame forward slash, or sorry, not nonhalloffame.com forward slash USA. Yeah. And even if, he, even if he isn't any. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, but Kareem. No, I, I'm I'm kidding. That's from uh, that's from uh, airplane, right? That he was a ninny. Yes. That, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Hi, I'm Roger. I'm the cool pilot. Uh, but Kareem. Kareem will just say whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, uh, he doesn't write to. Right, and it's not just him; just like a pile of other people who said, "Like, what the fuck are you doing with with West? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not the guy we know." And is it entertaining? Yeah, I'm entertained watching this show. I- I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm-hmm. Super entertaining. Yeah, and I'm a Celtics fan. It's so entertaining, right? But but we know this isn't right, and you said this to me before I even watched it. And holy shit! And the sad thing is, there's going to be a bunch of younger people who are going to watch this and think that this guy's a complete nutcase. Mm-hmm. He's the logo. He's he's yeah. uh, he's the architect of the '80s Lakers. Like he and Cupjack together, but like yeah, he's equally a part of this thing. And they're just, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like, that's why the trainer, they have a trainer in there for mm-hmm. like to, 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 uh, I can't think of the man's name at the moment. I apologize. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, but he, they had him in there as a consultant and he was there 24 hours. Like, I'm not coming back. It's ridiculous. All right. So they're going to sue. So he's going to say this. So like, what happens here then? This is okay. And this is, you're the legal guy. So like, where, where do we go from here? Um, I'm not sure is the answer to this. Okay, I mean, yeah. They can, sue, they can sue for defamation 100%. Yeah. Because um, it's already out, so you can't sort of like... Well, they, I mean, they're going to say that they were using artistic license on this. Yeah. Um, and that they didn't actually accuse him of anything. Uh, but, it, I mean, it's not libel, uh, but it's certainly not true. So defamation of character is probably where it's going to have to go. Yeah. Um, he could honestly sue for appropriation of likeness probably more easily than defamation of character. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they used his, his likeness without his permission, which I doubt he gave permission for that. I used to be a lawyer and this is not my area of expertise as much. So Sorry, and I, I didn't mean to sort of like assume that. But compared to me, you're right. the legal guy. So yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly. The ultimately going to he's going to get an apology and they're going to settle out of court. Is what's going to happen ultimately. But uh, the apology is really all he really wants. He wants right. something on the record saying, "Yeah, we made this up." Yeah, which is basically well, this is all bullshit. So yeah, yeah, that's essentially the whole smorgasbord of shit. Fair enough. He's just sort of like talking about stuff that sort of happened. I've got sort of like really nothing brand new to bring to this poo-poo platter. So shall we get to those who we've lost? 
unfortunately. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so we lost a couple of pretty big names this week, uh, which we'll get to towards the end. I will say that nobody from Hungary died this week, as far as I can tell. So, All right, tell everyone why that matters. Uh, again, for you guys just tuning in, we have our fictional uh, mass murderer, of the beige mistress, who I noticed back in the day when we started this three years ago, uh, when I started doing the death rattle here, uh, that um, every week there was another Hungarian athlete who passed away. Uh, and so while the Black Widow seemed a little extreme for this, the Beige Mistress seemed more appropriate. Oh, Fanning, I'm telling you. Yeah, there you go. Um, but I will say she was quiet this week. So uh, let's start in the world of... Um, we'll start in the world of music. Uh, I will go with um, DJ K. Slay passed away at the age of 55, record executive music producer uh, with Columbia, worked with Ghostface Killa, um, uh, Buster Rhymes, a few other folks like that. Uh, he passed away at the age of 55 of uh, complications from COVID. So still, it is still going on, folks. It is still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Canadian... Uh, Juno, multiple-time Juno Award nominee, Bill Bourne passed away. He was a traditional musician, or used traditional music from around the world to, to create uh, different, uh, different sounds and things along those lines. He had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 18, 19, 20, He released 29 albums during his career. Uh, he passed away at only the age of 68. Oh. 29 albums is a lot for somebody who passed away at 68. Um, we also lost Roderick Pooh Clark. Okay, before we go there, I just it makes me think of my dad because my dad's going to come up later uh, when it comes to a bunch of stuff. You know, my dad, my dad, who doesn't give a shit about anything, has been to a Juno Awards. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, because like my mom, uh, God bless her, when she was still sort of functional uh they had the junos in hamilton all the time uh hamilton ontario and Mm -hmm. uh at the cops coliseum and so she would drag my dad there my dad would fall asleep because my dad doesn't give a shit about anything Mm -hmm. except for when a politician came up who he hated so there's my dad like oh i hate you Boo! Boo! Wow. Then my mom would yell at him and then he'd fall back asleep. Fair enough. I just, well, for me, that's kind of funny. Fair enough. Um, So back to dead people. Um, Sorry. uh, We lost our second member of the R&B group High Five. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roderick Pooh Clark passed away at only the age of 49. Um, you may remember them for their 1991 hit, I Like the Way, also known as The Kissing Game. Um, so lead singer Tony Thompson died a few years ago, uh, but Roderick Clark uh, passed away. It doesn't say from what. Uh, actually, Tony Thompson died back in 2007 at the age of 31. Um, but uh, yeah, so the second member of the original lineup, Pooh Clark, uh, just passed away. By the way, 
Uh, one of the original members, Marcus Sanders, has four other folks, and they are still touring around the place as as High Five. So, um, we also lost guitar shorty. Uh, also born David William Kearney, blues guitar singer and songwriter. Um, passed away at the age of eighty-seven. Just another one of those guys who is all over the place, playing with a whole bunch of people. Uh, spent a lot of his time with Little Willie Dixon, but mm. also played with T-Bone Walker, Big Joe Turner, and Little Richard, among others. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he had, he released one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen albums on his own, in addition to working with all those other folks. But eighty-seven is a pretty pretty good uh, amount for blues man. So R.I.P. Sir. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the trivia question for you. What's a yes, luthier? The answer is four. That is not the answer. What is a luthier? What's a what? Luthier. L-U-T-H-I-E-R. I don't know. It's someone who builds guitars. And we lost one of the greatest guitar builders, Rick Turner, who was born Warwick Lancelot Armstrong Turner Third. If my name was Warwick Lancelot Armstrong, I might also go by Rick. Uh, but Rick Turner passed away at the age of 78, um, most famous for basically being the guy who did all of Lindsey Buckingham's guitars. Hmm. Um, e, uh, ow, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he made, he uh, also ha- was a member of his own, uh, uh, his own band as well. I can't remember what it was. I saw it earlier. Uh, I can't think of it. But anyway, he he did Lindsey Buckingham, John Entwistle, and a bunch of other folks. He designed the guitars. He passed away from congestive heart failure and a stroke mm. at the age of 78. So um, we also lost uh, Hall of, Rock Hall of Famer Art Roop. Passed away at the age of 104. Damn. Arthur Newton Goldberg, uh, founder of Specialty Records. Um, okay. Got in uh known for rhythm blues and gospel and early rock recording um yeah so he uh uh was awarded the Ahmet Ertegun award uh in 2011 along with Elektra Records founder Jack Holtzman mm. so uh so even at that point 2011 he was 96 so or 94 yeah, so. as soon as you brought that up, I mean, like, we're going to be talking about the Rock Hall pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, God damn it. I mean, like, we don't even know what's going to happen soon. So no, it, all, we, all we know is that they're closing the voting on the 26th. Right. right? Which is Tuesday? No. What is it? The... Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. Tuesday. But I mean, like, soon, soon. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, so I'm assuming we'll find out randomly next week because the Rock Hall does a great job letting everyone know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, they will announce at, they'll announce the night before that they're going to announce it at 6.30 in the morning Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to find out who it is. So, yeah, uh, so I, think, I think this may be, a, looking at the votes we've seen cast, I think this may be a female heavy class, which will be interesting. So, or it may anyway. not be. Who the hell knows? hundred percent who at matter of fact who does the hell does know yeah um so anyway okay uh, also pass sorry to jump in there but i, I just no, that's thought. fine okay yeah 
uh, also passing away this week. Um, former, probably the most successful football coach in the history of Lehigh, Andy Cohen, passed away at the age of 57, uh, won five Patriot League championships, died. Uh, he stepped down in 2008 after having early onset Alzheimer's and passed away of it at, from, at the age of 57. Um, in the world of basketball, number eight pick in the 1978 draft, the second draft pick of the Boston Celtics that year behind number six pick, some guy named Larry Bird. Uh, Freeman Williams passed yeah, away at the age yeah, of 65. Yeah. Uh, he never actually played for the, uh, the uh, Celtics. He ended up uh, going to the San Diego Clippers um, and actually is still the number two all-time scorer in NCAA history. Oh, wow. Point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he scored in his college career, he scored 4,700 points. Does it say who's number one? Uh, yeah, I did see that. Uh, number one is, hold on. I did see that earlier, that he was number two all-time. Uh, Pete Maravich. Okay, yeah, who's that? Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was two-time NCAA scoring leader. Second team All American, which is in two thousand in nineteen seventy eight, which is pretty good because he went to Portland State, uh, and a third team All American in nineteen seventy seven. Uh, he passed away. Actually, probably best known. Uh, honestly, he was. Uh, I think the first time I figured out who he was is he was Duck Johnson, the playground legend for White Man Can't Jump. <laughs> I was like, who's that old dude playing basketball? It was it was Freeman Williams. Um, yeah, and, and uh, okay, I'm just gonna like do a, a segue here. If you care about these sports legends who don't technically exist, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame goes mm-hmm. there. Has Duck Johnson been there before? No. Got to get no. Duck Johnson as a preliminary nominee. Write it down right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that that'd be a great one. Uh, yeah. Did you watch the Oscars where uh, they were, the three of them were there? Mm. Uh, Rosie Perez and uh, I just I just focus on Rosie Perez because I, I still I still have a crush. Right? Hey, crushes die hard, my friend. Um, you think I got a shot? Uh, I think you might get shot by your wife if you try too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I was wondering where you're going to go with that. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we also lost Daredevil Norman Surplus, mm. uh, the first person ever to circumnavigate the globe in an autogyro. What's an autogyro? It's like a weird bicycle plane hybrid thing. Okay. Uh, that, uh, so he was the first one. His trip began in 2010 and ended in 2019. So it took a while. I still don't know what, what that is, though. Like, uh, you'd have to look up a picture. There's no good way to, to show you. Uh, but he passed away at the okay. age of... Um, he passed away of cancer at the age of... He was born in 63, so 59 years old. It's oh, still awesome. I'm just sitting here in a hotel in Winnipeg. 100%. I get mm. it. Um, from the, a couple people I want to go through from the world of acting... Uh, we lost a longtime actor, Robert Morse, uh, passed away that. at the age of yeah. 90 today, or yesterday. 
Yeah, uh, from uh, like like I didn't know who he was until Mad Men. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, he was he was in everything, and he was a he was a voice actor for a lot of things. So he was in Rugrats and Superman, the animated series, yeah. and Ah, Real Monsters, and Tiny Toons, and Pound Puppies, and Legend of Korra, and all sorts of things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, also won multiple Tony Awards. Uh, for best actor in a musical and best actor in a play, he won both. Well, for best actor in musical in '62, for How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, and the play True Tru, which I can't tell you what that is. But he won an Emmy for that same role in um, in 1993, the the TV show version of it. Mm-hmm. And he won a SAG award for his uh, his uh, as part of the Mad Men group in 2011. So. This is a great show, but yeah, I, I I love it when actors or just like anybody sort of like really hits their stride after sixty or seventy, mm-hmm. and I that may not may or may not be the case for Robert Morris. I'm not sure, but I don't know. I, I, apparently, just, yeah. apparently, uh, True is a one man play about Truman Capote. By the way, right. Um. Anyway. Also, uh, another character actor, Liz Sheridan, passed away. Uh, yeah. Best known as Seinfeld's mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was 93. So, mm-hmm. um, also in a whole bunch of TV shows and as best woman in car from Forget Paris. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she passed yeah. away in 93. And one last one. Do you want, did you watch, um, um, the Mandalorian? No, no, I have to, but it happened. Okay, so there's a there's a robot he works with, who it's I L eleven, I think. Okay. Uh, but the actor who voiced him, Rio Hackford, passed away at the age of only fifty one from oh. uveal melanoma. Mm. So uh, he's also the uh, Rio Hackford is also the um, uh, stepson of Helen Mirren. Mm. So, uh, for anyone just sort of like wondering about like Helen Mirren, like Helen Mirren's awesome. Just yeah. do a Helen Mirren YouTube thing of just Helen Mirren just destroying, uh, like what do you what do you call it? Just, just somebody who's uh, like like a host in the seventies. Right. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking about? Because like obviously yeah, I, I do, but I, I've seen it before, but it's been a long time. Okay. All right. Thank God, because I can't word myself worth shit, obviously. But <laughs> it's hey, it's okay. You can edit it out just like you always do. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm great for editing. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So we, we have two more things to go through here, or two yeah, more sports. Yeah. Uh we lost Ed Jasper, uh, the defensive uh tackle for the Eagles, Falcons, and Raiders. He retired only in 2005, passed away at the age of 49. Um, I don't see what he passed away of, but he played nine years uh, in the league. And, um, yep, just, I mean, was uh, I believe he was part of, was he part of the, uh, no, he was part of the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons team that lost in the NF- NFC championship, not the one that went to the Super Bowl. So, okay. Um, anyway, uh, we also lost Doug Buffon, uh, one of the 100 greatest Bears of all time. When he retired, 
He held the record for most games played with the Bears. He's now fallen to third. Uh, he is a member of the Saint of the Louisville Cardinals Ring of Honor, member of the Kentucky Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, and the last player to play under um, under uh, George Hallis, who played in the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, after after he left, he was one of the founders of the Arena Football League. Actually, founded the Chicago Bruisers, who played in Arena Bowl too, mm. uh, and also um, was uh, with the USFL and the Chicago Blitz mm. at that point. Okay, um, and probably around here, best known as a longtime radio host on the Score uh, WSCR, which is the the big. Uh, radio uh, sports network here in Chicago. So he passed away at the age of 70. It said he died of an illness, which is not very descriptive. Uh, pa <laughs> passing, away, passing away today, though, Daryl LaMonica. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a former, uh, well, the Mad Bomber. The Mad Bomber. Yeah, from the Raiders. Uh, you know, one hell of a quarterback that... I think that this is just my opinion. So Raiders fans, you can either agree or disagree. I think this is a guy who maybe you should sort of like push more than you are in terms of Jim Plunkett, but that's just me. In terms no, of the, pro the problem with Monica is he has a, he has a completion percentage under 50%. Now I know the time period that he played right. is a very different time, but he's, he's at 49.5% completions, mm -hmm. which seems a little bit difficult. Um, but he's a second team all pro in 1970, two time pro bowler in 70, 72, AFL MVP twice, right? In 69, uh, 67, 69, the AFL championship MVP in 67, um, AFL champion in 64, 65, and 67. Although, to be fair, the 64 and 65, he was the backup quarterback of the Bills when he was there. Uh, three time AFL all star, AFL passing leader two-time AFL passing touchdowns leader, and AFL rushing touchdowns co-leader, believe it or not, in 1964. Yeah. Uh, played at Notre Dame. And one of the coolest names, honestly, in NFL history, Daryl LaMonica. Okay. All right. I, I wouldn't have said that, but okay. Fair enough. I, so. Either way, somebody who is a fringe candidate for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I think we, you and I can both agree for that. Yeah, well, the Professional Football Researchers of, um, uh, Association uh, named him to their Hall of Very Good in 2013. So. Okay. Mm, <laughs> All right. Segwaying from that, the next section is... Hold on, I got one more. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. The, the, biggest, the biggest name of the week. Okay, go ahead. Mike, Mike Bossy. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh, Mike Bossy. Uh, in my lifetime as a kid or like as a teenager, yeah, like one of the greatest forwards of my life. Like for, for, for what he was. Uh, man, like again, when I was a kid, like growing up, it was the Islanders coming up and then the Oilers. Bossy was the goal scorer of that whole, of, of all of that. He was a sniper, and when you look at in terms of stats, okay, there's a lot of people who can get more goals than Bossy did. Very few had the accuracy that Mike Bossy had. Very few. Uh, Bossy was amazing. Uh, 
you take Bossy out of that Islanders team, they don't have four, four Stanley Cups. They just don't. Win. 100%. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, nine, I'm trying to think. I, I might be off here, but I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I believe nine years in a row where he had at least 50 goals. Yep. So he's the only player in NHL history mm-hmm. to score 50 goals at least in nine straight seasons. Okay, so I got that. I, and three of them, I know he had at least 60, maybe four. I could be off on that. I mean, I'll give you a number on that. He had in four seasons, five seasons, he had at least 60 goals. He had okay. 69 yeah. in 79, 68 in 80, uh, 81, 82 he had 64, 83 he had 60. That is three straight seasons of 60-plus goals. Mm-hmm. And 86 he had 61. They only had 38 in 87 and decided to retire. <laughs> you know, like, had it not been for the Gretzky era, like, we'd be mourning him a lot more mm-hmm. than we are now. But to be fair, in the history of the NHL, the most 50-goal seasons anyone has had is nine. He and Gretzky are tied, but his were consecutive, unlike Gretzky's. And the most 60-goal seasons anyone has had is five, which is him and Gretzky. So he's tied. Yeah. In those two categories with Gretzky. Per game, he averaged 0.762 goals per game, which is the highest in NHL history. He averaged three quarters of a goal a game, which is nuts. That Islanders team, him, Trache, Potvin, oh my God, they were we've so lost, good. We've lost two of them in, in a month now, right? Yeah. So um, they, they were that good. It, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. Apparently I, I was just reading this too. I didn't know this Gretzky and bossy hated each other. Really? Yeah. Hard to imagine for me to imagine Gretzky having hate as an emotion. Cause it's hard for me to imagine that Gretzky having emotions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it basically like, like uh, they just didn't get along. Uh, and which is interesting too, because like Bossy, when you look at him, I always thought it was like when I was a little kid. Like you and I have joked about the Lady Bing Trophy, mm-hmm. you know. And Bossy is a multi-time winner of the Lady Bing, and the Lady Bing for those who aren't three, three, three-time winner. Okay, yeah. So for those who aren't aware, of, like what the hell is that? That is for the most gentlemanly player in hockey, mm-hmm. and there is something to be said about like winning that award, meaning like. Okay, you're not really fucking up and getting yourself in the in the penalty box, but at the same time, hockey's a rough game. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it is the trophy that Evan and I we joke that if okay, well, we'll just be blunt. If you want to get laid, you're not going to say like, "Hey, I want a lady bang." <laughs> <laughs> you know, putting it bluntly, that's what it was. But Bossy won that, and. You know, there's just there's just something to, about what he was able to do. Those two, uh, what was it? Gretzky said that, you know, like yeah, he's a great player, but I don't want to hang out with the, in a cab with him. So mm-hmm. who the hell knows what it was with those two, other than they were just great, two great snipers, which is fine. Yeah, like who the hell knows? I mean, like. How many times? I, mean, I mean, I mean, Gretzky did, Gretzky did win that award five times, just by the way. Yeah. I mean, like, how many times, too, like, uh, I've been watching, like, a Shaq just sort of, like, get upset because 
like him and Kobe just didn't get along. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, you know, like there, there might be something to do. Just sometimes the great ones just aren't friends. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, that's how it is. But Bossy was one of the greatest wingers. It, I, I would say, in my, in my opinion, the greatest winger in the 80s, the greatest winger of my youth. Fair enough. I don't yeah. think that's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and God bless you, buddy. Like, uh, I'm not a religious man, but I hope I see you on the other side. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's all I can say. Yeah, so Calder Award winner in 78. Uh, he was a eight-time All-Star, five times first team, three-time second team, three-time Lady Big Memorial winner, mm-hmm. one-time Con Smythe winner, one-time Canada Cup winner, mm-hmm. and four-time Stanley Cup winner. Four-time Stanley Cup winner. And, uh, you know, hold, still holds a whole bunch of records. Also had uh, one part of the season where he, or one season where he had consec- had hat tricks in three consecutive games. Yeah. Uh, Which is crazy. And who knows what he could have done had his back not given out on him. Like, True. Bossy's career ended around 30, at the age of 30. So, like, he could have easily scored another 500 points. So, that's yeah. off, brother. Yep. And uh, he, by the way, he would have two Rocket Richard trophies had it existed at the time. So he he led the league in goals in 79 and 81. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought the Richard trophy, but didn't exist back then. So, but yeah, he he had lung cancer uh, that he was diagnosed October of 2021 and passed away in April at the age of 65. So Mm -hmm. there you go. That's my list. All right, so uh, the segues to my section, which is the elevator up, elevator down. So, like, who in the last week has made a Hall of Fame case for, and who hasn't? And I don't have any elevator down. I've got two elevator ups. And one's a pretty obvious one, but we've talked about him already. You, and I really want your take because you're a Celtics fan. Uh, Marcus Smart won the Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. And we talked about him as a possibility last week. And we were both, well, you, I think you were higher on him than I was. I, I, I would have voted for Gobert personally, but Fair enough. I, I had no problem. Go, Gobert's problem and what? Smart's, here's, here's the difference. Every single player in the Celtics rotation mm-hmm. is an average or better defender. Mm-hmm. There are no black holes on defense on the Celtics team right now. And several of those players are significant plus defenders, right? Um, Including Smart. Everyone in Gobert's team is a negative defender, except maybe Joe Ingles, and he's been injured. Mm -hmm. And so it makes Gobert look like he's awful because he's the only person who knows what he's doing. Yeah, and and there's something to that. And... I like Marcus Smart. I have nothing against Marcus winning this. Having said mm-hmm. that, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him as an elevator up with a giant asterisk because mm-hmm. okay. I don't think this does shit for him in a lot no, of. No, I mean there there's has to be a lot more for Mark. I mean he's his eighth year in the league. Yeah, uh, I will say that first game that the Celtics beat the Nets, mm-hmm. uh, the single most surprising thing as a Celtics fan of Marcus Smart's career 
is that after those two guys flew by, he did not shoot that three-pointer. Like, I have watched him for eight years. He has always shot that three-pointer and had it brick. But the fact he passed it and everything else, he's now finally become a point guard and will help the Celtics in the next couple of years win a championship or maybe two. I'm not saying they will, but if they did, that would help. But this, this is probably the first notch on his resume. A second notch may come, and this is from Mike Gorman, who's the longtime Celtics play-by-play guy, is he, he's anticipating 36 is the next number the Celtics are going to retire, well, again, uh, which would be interesting. And I think when I'm looking at the Celtics team, who could win the whole thing? And I got no problem if they It's do. possible. Like I said, I think there are seven teams that can win it, and two of them are playing right now with the sure. Celtics and Nets. Sure. So. Uh, but Smart is not even the, close to the top two guys. No. On that team. And when I look at the past defensive players of the year, like here's the last 10. Uh, not sort of like uh, doing this in duplicate. So we got Gobert, Giannis, Draymond, uh, Noah, Marcus All, Tyson Chandler, uh, Dwight Howard, Kevin Garnett, Marcus Camby, Ben Wallace. They're, uh, I'm not going to scroll down any further. Yeah. So Wallace, Garnett, uh, uh, Giannis, uh, Embiid are all going to be, are all either Hall of Famers going to be Hall of Famers. Uh, Green, Draymond Green's going to be a Hall of Famer. I, I, I think so. And when, uh, when I'm looking here at Marcus Smart, he doesn't even have a PER of 15. Yeah. That's not good. And, no. I'm, and I'm not saying that he's not a great defensive player. He's phenomenal, but he's not a great. How do I put this? Uh, out of the list I've just given you, I could sort of like build a team around any of those guys. And if Marcus Smart was my guy to build around, I'd say, nope. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple guys. I don't know if you can build a team around Tyson Chandler either. Um, him over Marcus Smart. That is actually true. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I don't think Marcus Smart will ever be a Hall of Famer. Um, and I, uh, but I mean, this is this is certainly in terms of elevator up, winning this award, being the first guard to win it since Gary Payton in 1996. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an elevator up, but it's like, okay, here's the elevator. I'm not sure that you even belong in the building. Well, he gets he gets into the lobby. He's oh. waiting for the elevator. Right. But I mean, like it had to be mentioned and. All right, so here's my second one, and I brought him up as an elevator up before, and I, I already know as soon as I bring it, talk about him, you you already know exactly where I'm going because God knows you know me too well. Um, I've been watching a lot of Hulu in terms of the same, and the same ads come up, and it's AT and C, and it's Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. And it's Matthew Stafford uh, talking about how, oh, so I can sort of like get this phone and uh, da, 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 so I can make this trade. But okay, I'm not going to go any further here with this. But Matthew Stafford is being presented as a star. Mm-hmm. And the reason he's the quarterback of a team that just won a championship. Right. And if you're a quarterback and you're a star, this means shit. This means a lot of shit. So when a lot of people look back, and you and me both, who didn't watch Joe Nama, mm-hmm. when we look at his stats, and we're like, what the fuck? Right? Mm-hmm. And there's something to watching about Matthew Stafford here, who did everything that he was supposed to do. He, the team was right. The Rams management was right. 
they're building up, up as something. I don't know. I don't know what that means for next year. I have no clue. I got no idea. But right now, there's a massive multi-billion dollar company saying, here's a guy who's a star. And we don't have to say like underneath and like uh, cursives or whatever. Rams quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and to be fair, he comes off as super charismatic in that commercial. Yes, he does. I, which makes me wonder, like, what the fuck is Jared Goff thinking? When, you know, I, when I told my wife who that was and that he was 34, she's like, he looks like he's 22. What the heck? <laughs> but here's the thing about Stafford. So, so Stafford you know, now has to hang out with them. And then my wife needs to hang out with you because she thinks that you're like 22. No, there we go. Thank you. I, I still owe her money for that. Um, so Matthew Stafford is five yards short of 50,000 in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He will pass, unless he gets injured, he will pass John Elway for 11th mm-hmm. on the all-time passing list. You know who's right ahead of Elway? No, who's? Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like 5,000 yards behind Aaron Rodgers, who's got four more years in the league. Technically, Rodgers sacked for a while. I understand that. Okay. But but he's only 5,000 yards behind Aaron Rodgers and has as many championships. Now, a lot fewer MVPs, but he's as many championships as Aaron Rodgers does. Um, so, I mean, if he's only 34, right? Rodgers is 38 now? I think so, yeah. So, and Rodgers does not seem to really enjoy football that much. Um, I do think it was funny. He went to the Bucks game for the first time last night and they ended up losing. <laughs> well, Aaron Rodgers taking another playoff loss. Turned on Twitter, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, there's some- but, but by the time he's done, let's just say Stafford averages 4,000 yards a year. Yeah. The next four years. Just in the next four years till he's 38, right? 16,000 yards gets him to gets him to fifth all time mm-hmm. with only Brady, Breeze, Manning, and Favre in front of him. Because fifth right now is Roethlisberger at 64,000. Mm-hmm. And Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers are both ahead of him. Matt Ryan's 10,000 ahead of him. Rodgers is 6,000 ahead or 5,000 ahead of him, right? And Brady's, you know, putting things out of the stratosphere. Yeah. But, like, there, if he finishes fifth or fourth, and that team can, would certainly win another championship. They very, they very well could. And, and I think sometimes we forget. I forget. It's not Hall of Stats. It is not. And what he's done in the last little while has has exasperated his fame. And and we can't diminish that. Mm -hmm. And he's done a great job with that. Uh, I don't even know what I think of him. And I'll admit, I was way off. When that trade happened, it's like, what the fuck are they thinking? Well, I got that one wrong. And I thought they were a quarterback who could throw the football more than 10 yards downfield away. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, like what's the Jared Goff commercial? It's like, a, I'm thinking of Simpsons, like that, uh, that tire fire that just keeps going. Like, yeah. I don't even know, like, like what he would possibly do. And he did, whoever wrote that, it's like, okay, you're doing that without him being snotty mm-hmm. it, w- it was brilliant and he, he feels more like a star to me mm-hmm. and whether that 
through osmosis means that something to the voters? I don't know. It does to me. Mm -hmm. Jared Goff is 103rd right now, by the way, right behind Bobby Hebert. <laughs> oh my god but he's, he's between he's between the three in front of him are jeff blake neil o'donnell and bobby Bear, and the three behind him are gus ferrat jack kemp and jim zorn followed by Jameis winston and perennial nfl nominee jake delon in 108th <laughs> So just throwing that there, I just thought, because I keep seeing that commercial over and over oh, yeah. and over. And we're not, we're not, we're talking about a national product. But anyway, uh, let's let's uh, move on here uh, or mm -hmm. conclude. Evan always concludes with the good, the bad, and the ugly of sports. I don't even know what you got. You didn't even tell me. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Um, actually, the first one's not going to be sports. It's an actually a thank you. To Nick Bombach and the and the uh, the Rock Hall Reconsidered Project, which has finished this week, we've talked about it several times. All right, and tell everyone what that is, because they may not know. Because like we're going to do something similar with that, but yeah, go on. Yeah, um, I'm pulling it up right now. So the Rock Hall Reconsidered Project uh, basically starts the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame over, mm -hmm. and had a whole bunch of people voting for who should get into the hall. Now there was, there were 40 nominees every single time and you could vote for 15 and any group that got 50% would get in the rock hall. Now it seems like 50% seems like a low number, but it's not. No. There are a lot of bands that barely made it through uh, at 50%. You're like, Oh my goodness. I can't believe they're barely through. Right? Like Marvin Gaye had 50% when he got in. Cause at that point it was so, it was so great. Uh, and, and, and Evan and I were, we were very honored to be in. We were hundred percent. Part of this. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting seeing how many more people got in. Um, and I feel like I'll, I'll be honest, as we get towards the end, there are a few bands who I'm like, okay, what are we doing here? They seem like we always complain about pet projects. Um, and that's of course some of the bands I loved, I'm sure people would put pet projects on. Like I voted for Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings every single time they came up because I love Sharon Jones. Does Sharon Jones and Dap Kings belong in the Rock Hall? Probably not. Did we elect them the Rock Rock Hall? Yes, we did. Um, so, uh, so like for every Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings I have, I did ask specifically why Fountains of Wayne kept getting nominated, and there was a very passionate defense about it. I'm like, I love Stacy's mom as much as everyone else as a joke, and then people got really offended. That I only brought up Stacy's mom um, because they had, you know, tons of other records and everything. And I'm like, okay, I, I left it alone. I just want to be like, so what's the difference between Fountains of Wayne and Semisonic, who also has a bunch of really great music and never got nominated? Um, but then that just starts a pissing match, which is not what I was going for in that situation. I still say we need to get Sticks out of there. But regardless, no, no Sticks is the worst. Okay. Um, sticks is actually playing here, right here in this very, like, like right here in Winnipeg, and I've got to be a blue collar man here. So when I go there, no, I will say this: Renegade is a good song. They finally found me, the Renegade. Sorry. Come sail away, Mr. Roboto and Lady. All like if we could do that record, the the that movie where the guy, uh, where the whole world forgot the Beatles. 
I can't remember the name of that movie. The whole world, except for one guy. Uh, if we could just do that with sticks and just have the person come up with Renegade and let the rest get lost, I think society's better as a whole. Okay. Um, to be fair, to be fair, like when I did see them play, uh, that was without uh, the, the curly-haired douchey guy. What's his name? Uh, crap. Come sail away. Come sail away. Yeah, I know. What? Dennis DeYoung. Oh, Dennis DeYoung. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, what? I, I did see them a couple times without him. Fair. I just don't like him. Anyway, oh, um, I didn't pay for it either. So there's that. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I also have unintentionally seen Smash Mouth twice at this point. Ah. Uh, once they were playing at my school, and I had scuba diving class. Believe it or not, because I had to take a phys ed credits that I had to waste three credits. So instead of taking like soccer, I decided to take scuba diving. Uh, and I got out of, of class and changed in the locker room. I walked into the gym and they were playing the Smash Mouth and Third Eye Blind. So I was like, oh, I might as well hang around. And then uh, we were at our town September Fest, which is a big thing a couple years ago. And Smash Mouth was playing that as well. So I've now seen them unintentionally twice. I can respond, but it's not uh, PG rated. So let's just go on. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, but no, the, regardless, the whole thing was in, it was amazing. There are some things I learned about the process. Like there are things that annoyed me about the process. Like, like I said, keeping seeing the same bands when you wouldn't see other bands at all, which I thought was interesting, but that's probably just has to do with, I mean, he has a nominating committee who is willing to commit every week. Right. And he's not going to switch that up and they're going to have their own feelings on different people. And so we're going to see those people and those are going to be different than mine. So the fact that it annoyed me was just more a function of reality of the situation. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, but I did like the idea of like, Hey, it might make sense to have like 10 people and then switch a few out every week. Like give some people a week off or so just to get different names in there. And that was a great idea, but like everything else, just the amount of work he put into it and the amount and the amount of, interest and thought that i put in because he not only gave us like an uh, update he also set up a spotify playlist for for one song from every band in case you weren't sure who uh i don't know the drive-by truckers were who every time they came up i'm like who are the drive-by truckers um uh yeah so, I'll, I'll so, i'm not going to be doing that for like when we do that for hockey and whatnot i can't think of the well, I guess we're going to do the same thing from a good old hockey game. <laughs> so, oh, I can't. Yeah, but, no, but it was, it, the whole thing was amazing. And I just wanted to take the opportunity to thank Nick and the guys over at um, Future Rock Legends and everybody else who participated in getting that thing going and moving. So, no, well, well said. So, that was that. Uh, the bad. What happened with pitchers this week? What pitchers? What's up? Uh, well, first of all, well, I will say Mr. Bauer got himself uh, his suspension extended today. Um, so, so that happened. Um, but did you see the, there were a couple of things. Did you see the Juco uh, yes. uh, pitcher in Texas? Yes. I the guy hit the whole run off him and he'd, uh, he'd come around third base and he smacks hands with the, uh, yep. with the third base coach mm -hmm. and the pitcher just charges him and takes him out 
He got suspended for four games and thrown off the team today, by the way. And then in the uh, Binghamton-Portland game today, the double-A. Not Binghamton, going. Okay. The Binghamton double-A game against the Portland Sea Dogs. Uh, the pitcher threw inside and it hit the Sea Dogs batter. Could he have maybe gotten more out of the way? Because he wasn't that far outside. Yeah, but it still did hit him in the hands. Like, he wasn't like he threw his hands out there. It hit him in the hands. And so he's walking to first base, and the catcher or the pitcher's yelling, I think the umpire. And the runner takes offense, he's like, dude, you hit me. And so the pitcher walks towards him to challenge him to fight. And the guy walking to first base obliges and just cold cocks him and knocks him to the ground. And mayhem, mayhem ensues. And somehow the pitcher gets up out of this thing and charges the guy who was like in the batter's, like the on deck circle. And goes to take him to the ground, and in so doing, ripped, I believe, his ACL and <laughs> taking the guy out. Yeah. And he's writhing on the ground in pain at the end of this whole thing, where he gonna just let the whole thing go. I don't know what got into pitchers this week, but God, they were nuts. It was just weird. It happens. It does, but it was it was just like I thought of this when I saw the second one. If you haven't seen the clip, I think Barstool had something on it. Uh, you can just see the clip. Barstool also had the uh, the guy who decided to pick a fight with Mike Tyson on the plane today. Oh my God, that was so great! I mean, okay, you, okay. Uh, Bill Maher does all this thing where he always says like, "Okay, let let's just stop being ashamed of being a white guy." Mm-hmm. This was one of those ones where I was ashamed to be a white guy. Yeah. I mean, Mike Tyson's telling the guy, dude, leave me alone. Leave me alone. It's a jet blue flight. The guy is crashed. Yeah. And trying to pick a fight with Mike Tyson. And apparently at some point makes contact with Tyson. Mm-hmm. And Tyson just grabbed him by the shirt and rearranged his face. So, and you know what? Be credit. Literally nobody on the internet blamed Mike Tyson for this. You saw the headline, you're like, oh God, what did Tyson do? And then you saw the video, you're like, Oh, you know, I get that. (laughs) To credit to the guy who got his his face somewhat rearranged, Brandon, he was drunk when that happened. It's just like, like, (laughs) you know, like he wasn't even, he owned it. Jeez. Which is great, but still. Yeah, just just don't. Um, And the ugly this week is, I I think, I have to think about this, because I didn't really have anything particularly ugly happening this week. We did have Don Fear getting off on the the Patrick Beach thing mm-hmm. altogether, which is ridiculous. I don't, but I don't feel like talking about it again. Yeah. What I do feel like talking about in general is sports journalism's need, and maybe it's the need of all journalism, to give an end to a story before the story is over. Okay. And uh, what I'm talking about in this is I've talked about my Celtics. They're up two to nothing on the Nets right. and Kevin Durant has had two games, which were not his greatest, right? Mm-hmm. He has one more made basket than turnovers at this point through two games. He is being harassed and challenged and the, the Celtics have won both games at home, which they're supposed to do is the higher seed, right? Mm-hmm. Every news station today are, are on CBS, NBC, I mean, all the sports stations, ESPN in particular, were burying the Nets. Why the Kyrie Durant thing hasn't worked, why I need to break it up is Durant 
time over, like all of this stuff. It's two games of a seven game series where the home team won by a combined eight points. Mm. Right, right. Like, let's not, again, as a Celtics fan, do I hope they sweep? Yeah. But let's not piss off Durant, please. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a lot of reactionary everything on everything. There has to be a first take on everything where it's all in absolutes, right? right. Like Shannon Sharp today posted a picture of, uh, or last night I posted a picture of Durant's numbers and a gif of himself going, like he was <laughs> going to rip into him, like say like, what, why, what are we doing? Well, and I, I get, but again, I'm not here to defend the Nets. I'm certainly not here to defend Kyrie. But like, there doesn't need to be this. It's two games in. They may be able to fix things. Like, they're not passing. They're playing iso ball. And they have better passing, better spacing, better movement. There's no reason they can't get back in the series. We all thought it was going to go seven at the beginning, right? And so, like, what are, what are we doing here? Why does this happen with absolutely everything? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's like, uh, well, this has got to be like, again, again, I'm sort of like uh, going on your space here. I can't even imagine how many, I, I can't count the amount of articles or think pieces I've seen on why Tom Brady is done. Yeah, or the whole Tom Brady uh, trying to get himself traded to Miami and bring his own coach in, but got busted by the Rooney rule and Belichick. Well, okay. Testing, but there's that, like this whole weird conspiracy theory. I'm talking about years ago. Oh yeah. Well that too. Well, yeah. I mean, Nick, Nick Wright, Nick Wright, who yeah. is an idiot. I mean, take that back. He's not an idiot. He takes idiotic sports takes. So he gets well-known and gets replayed. Chris Broussard is the same thing. Well, I mean, the greatest thought, and uh, what's Max Kellerman talked about Brady's cliff in 2015. Well, to be fair, like when you and I do this every day, and eventually we're going to get there. Yeah. We're, we're going to mess that up too. Maybe. But I, I mean, we're, elevator up, elevator down is a little bit different than KD's career is over. Well, okay. And then just an, another one from this week that drove me absolutely crazy, and Dan Kelly as well, too, actually, our, our friend from Boston. Yeah. Uh, the Celtics flagship station coming into the playoffs okay. said that the um, Celtics were trying to avoid playing Toronto in the first round because Al Horford had faked his vaccine thing and had bought a fake one online and therefore couldn't go to Canada to play the games, despite the fact he played games in Canada this season. Like they're accusing him of a federal crime as sports show founder with absolutely no basis in fact i gotta come up with something to talk about huh this but they're the they are the people who have the celtics games on the radio like this is their flagship station what are we doing it's clearly not run by the red sox well the red sox would ban the red sox own the paper so that every bad story about the patriots gets printed well it's a good thing good thing that our flagship is owned by us yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start ripping on the the main show here though the both of the co-host in particular is just way too. Oh, I I worked hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I it, it just it really annoyed me this week. And those are just two examples. They're all over the place. Just the state of journalism in general that we need a hot take with everything. And I important things get lost in the like 
there's so many important things going on and we don't need like breathless reporting on Johnny Depp's relationship in court. No, I, I, I totally hear you. It's, it's like when, it, when I look at everything with Kaepernick, it's like, I'm done. He doesn't want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe he will. I, I, I just don't believe it, but I could go in on that. I already have. I don't feel like doing it right now. I mean, we could in a few weeks, but I don't think there's a point because I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I I don't know what the solution is because this apparently drives ratings. I mean, this is the reason they're... Okay, but let's forget about ratings, right? So let's just talk about cap, right? So so you and I are, we're business owners together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Convince me that Kaepernick wants to actually play and he's serious this time. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. And I don't believe it. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I, I Two years ago, I would have said, like, forget it. He's he's full of shit. Now I'm not so sure. He's, he's making an effort. I'll give him credit. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, and, and that's really what, what gets me, I think, with the whole thing with that. It's like, okay, well, you know, the NFL is keeping him out. No, the NFL is not. The NFL tried. It's 32 teams. Somebody has to say, like, all right, we're going to give him a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're the, Car- the Carolina Panthers just announced that Sam Darnold is their starting quarterback next year. Sure. I, why don't you just bring Kaepernick in to see? No, and like I'm a Saints fan. I'm like, like I, I, I don't feel that. Crap. Who's our? Who's my quarterback? I'm, I'm blanking here. Uh, uh, Taysom Hill. Thank you. All right. So, Taysom Hill is not going to win me a Super Bowl. He's, he's just not. Uh, is Kaepernick not going to? Probably not. But at this point, is he worth a shot? Maybe, sure. I don't know. You know, like as a Saints fan, I what am I going to say? Like you're a Pats fan. Like you, you've got a team that you can say, like, I can build a team that's going to that could be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you do have the worst division other than Brady. Sure, you have the worst division in the right. NFL. Right, and, and, you know, and there's something to that. But Kaepernick did a lot of dumbass shit three mm-hmm. years ago dumb 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 and if i was an owner it would be a real hard pitch to get me to say look look let's give him a shot but whatever that's neither here nor there uh whether evan and i actually talk about this we've talked about him we have uh i don't we may never again i don't know uh saying that Thank you all for watching, for listening. This is the flagship show of the Hall of Fame of NotInHallOfFame.com. We've got a lot of other stuff that we've done. I was really proud of a show that we did recently with uh, people who want to get Cindy Lauper in the Hall of Fame. So check Mm -hmm. that out. That is the three wonderful people. I'm so proud of talking to them. Check that out. Uh, The Cindy Lauper for the Hall of Fame. Uh, That's really, really good. 
Vinny Laspinuso does a lot of great stuff with us where he makes some Hall of Fame cases for people, hey, maybe you've never heard of, but he's going to come up with something that we're going to be doing shortly. Hey, Evan, you ever heard of Theodore Roosevelt? I have. Corey, Teddy Corey. He's, he's, he's the president who can't uh, winning the, ra the races at uh, National Stadium. Oh, yeah, by the way, National Stadium, maybe coordinate with the people in D.C. before you have a flyover and they don't have to evacuate the Capitol Hill. Well, there was Just that. saying that. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Well, the next show that I do with Vinny is going to be about why Theodore Roosevelt, former president of the United States, belongs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And it's actually pretty good. I'm really excited about that. So cool. he's, yeah. So we, him and I, we've talked about that offline. And damn, there's some stuff I didn't know. Uh, I'm not surprised Vinny uncovered it. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, there's going to be a show coming up pretty soon from us where we look at uh, this crap was on national television and we're going to be looking at the 1989 Oscars. Nobody slapped anybody, but maybe they should have. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, maybe they should have. And also the usual show where we look at weird songs of what number one, wherever you are, wherever you may be. Thanks so much. Stay safe, everybody. Take care, everyone.